It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Washington Commanders need an off-ball linebacker, and Devin White wants out of Tampa Bay. But does that mean Washington should be looking for a trade for the 2019 number 5 overall pick? That and more coming up on today's live episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, so please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop, just like this live Wednesday afternoon lunchtime episode of Locked On Commanders. I'm David Harrison, credentialed member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there here or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime via subtext at 202-760-2644. And I thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day today and every day. The Commanders go back-to-back Darnells in a fan mock draft, and we explore the possibility of getting the best safety in this year's class while trading back in the first round of the NFL draft. But first, we start with the news that broke overnight last night, yesterday evening, uh, depending on how how much you were paying attention to uh, Twitter feeds and social media and NFL news uh, during the, the evening on Tuesday, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers off-ball linebacker, 2019 number five overall pick, Super Bowl champion uh, linebacker, Devin White, wants out of Tampa Bay per Jenna Lane of ESPN. Sources told ESPN White is fed up, quote-unquote, with the organization and has asked to be traded. Now, on the surface, it's kind of a perfect perfect fit, right? Supply and demand. The Washington Commanders have a demand for an off-ball linebacker. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the supply of an off-ball linebacker who no longer wants uh, to be in stock in, in Tampa, uh, so to speak. So the fit obviously seems to, to make sense from that aspect, right? Now, the sources, sources are also telling Jenna Lane, uh, again, of ESPN, that the Buccaneers don't want to make the deal, that they don't want to move on from Devin White, that they're not ready to kind of give up on that relationship and that they want to continue at least for the next year to keep him in house. But of course uh, they can't really admit publicly, right. To saying like, yes, we want to trade Devin white because we all know what happens if that happens and the market just, just dies. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose any on any and all leverage that they may have. And honestly, once a player makes it public that they want out, the team loses a lot of leverage anyway, because you know, we've seen this time and time. Uh, again, so while the Buccaneers reportedly don't want to move on from him, don't want to trade him, uh, at least not this offseason, you know, they may not have a choice per se, but there's a go- there's a back and forth there. Uh, obviously, I'm part of the Locked On Bucks podcast as well. My co-host James Jarko did an episode on that uh, that has dropped today. So if you want his insight into that, uh, you can check that out over on the Locked On Bucks channel. 
I will, I'm sure, at one point or another, talk about this from a Buccaneers angle over on that show as well. But let's talk about this from a Commander's angle because obviously that's why we're here today. What would the Buccaneers possibly want for Devin White? If they were to be convinced to trade him this offseason, what would a team like the Washington Commanders probably have to give up? I think that the bidding, right, the negotiations, and this is a kind of important way to put this, is the negotiations in any trade talks between the Washington Commanders and the Buccaneers for Devin White would have to start at a third-round pick. That's what the Buccaneers are going to want to come in here and look for. Again, former number 5 overall pick, the public perception of him, and, and we kind of deal with this when we talk about certain players on the Commanders roster over the years, the public perception doesn't always match the internal perception, right? Like here in Commander land, there's some people who are just like Chase Young is a bust, move on from him, get rid of him as fast as you can, should have got rid of him a year ago, if not longer. And the national narrative is he's still one of these generational talents, up and comer, play, up and coming player, one of the greats soon to be in the National Football League. So they don't always jive with what fans and media closest to the team believe. Devin White is a similar type player. And I, I watched a lot of social media traffic last night uh, where fan bases were kind of clamoring for their team to, to trade for this guy because we all know when a big name supposedly becomes available, every kind of fan base, every media uh, circle kind of takes a pause and says, okay, how does this fit with the team that I'm a fan of or the team uh, that I'm covering? So it's a natural exercise, right? And a lot of people were kind of surprised when they saw Buccaneers fans' reactions to Devin White wanting out, and I think it made a lot of people pause. So I'm not saying the Buccaneers would get that third rounder from the Washington Commanders specifically. I just think that's where the Buccaneers would probably want to start the bidding. So what are the pros and cons to potentially adding uh, Devin White to the Washington Commanders roster? And, and, and this is a unique experience for me because I do, again, uh, I cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, go to training camp. I've covered their games. Um, I've spoken to Devin personally a handful of times, had him on our show, all of those things. So I, I think compared to most commanders media, and, and, and that's not necessarily a brag by any means, I'm a little bit more familiar with Devin White uh, than a lot of people are in this uh, arena. First of all, he's electric. You can tell that by his social media presence, by the highlights. You, you guys have seen it. If, I'm sure if you, if you pay attention at all outside of commanders coverage, you've seen Devin White's personality kind of shine, whether it's in commercials or riding the horse in, in Raymond James Stadium or celebrating a sack, right? You've seen the electric energy that Devin White brings. And that's not to be understated. That can't be undersold. That electric uh, you know, atmosphere that he brings around him is part of the reason that he is an emotional leader of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and has been voted by his teammates to be a captain several years uh, in a row. Now, so that's personality. That's leadership, right? Guys like to resonate around him. He's cool. He's got the personality. He's got everything that you want in a young leader for your defense. On the field, Devin White has a click and close ability. Like I tell you, I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, in an NFL player in person before. And granted, I've only been doing this. I think this is what my ninth season uh, talking, writing, you know, covering uh, the NFL. So I haven't seen all of the greats by any means, but I've seen a good amount of football. I've seen a good amount of linebackers come and go. And this dude clicks and closes, click and closes uh, like nobody's business. Very aggressive uh, pursuer, very aggressive tackler, loves to make the play, loves to set up his teammates to make the play, all of those things. Would never call this man a selfish man. That's going to be important in the next part of this conversation. And he's a blitzing machine. Todd Bowles loves to bring his off-ball linebackers as blitzers, loves to do things, manipulate the defensive line to manipulate the offensive line, open up lanes, and guys like Devin White take advantage of that 100%. So that's kind of what Devin White brings on the field from a pro standpoint. Now let's look at the cons. 
suspect as hell in pass coverage, guys. I mean, Devin White, the complaint about him since he came into the National Football League has been whether or not he was going to be able to become one of these off-ball linebackers that could cover running backs, cover tight ends, even some slot receivers, kind of your bigger guys, uh, consistently at the National Football League level. According to PFF's grades on him, his best year as a pass, co- pass defender, pass coverage player was his rookie year. He's gotten worse ever since his rookie season, and I can tell you right now that jumps out on tape. The thing that you don't want to see if you're covering a Buccaneers game or if you're a Buccaneers fan is Devin White trying to carry, trying to carry a running back out of the backfield into a pass route, especially a wheel route. For whatever reason, Devin White mentally, the processing just has not been able to catch up with what a wheel route looks like from a running back, how they set it up, how they try to leverage it against him. It happens game in, game out, year in, year out. It is kind of his Achilles heel, so to speak. He also has a tendency to be negative during struggles. Again, we talk about that emotion, the electricity, that emotion also grows in the negative. He He's not afraid of, of calling people out. He's not afraid of kind of lashing out uh, and letting his, his hurt feelings or his anger, his frustrations be known publicly, not just the media, but also on social media. If you run one of these popular Commanders fan podcasts, and you badmouth Devin White, there is a chance that he is going to clap back at you, which, uh, look, everybody has the freedom of speech. Everybody has the freedom to use their platform the way they want. But I can say right now, the Washington Commanders, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not usually happy when players uh, kind of do that. And then finally, he wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the National Football League. He said it when he came out of the NFL draft in 2019. He wants to be a $100 million linebacker. Currently, the only $100 million off-ball linebacker is Roquan Smith. He's the number one paid off-ball linebacker, $20 million a year, annual average value. And I can tell you right now, Devin White is not Roquan Smith. So that deal with whatever team trades for him, you're talking to 20, you know, if you're looking at Roquan Smith, five-year deal, $22.5 million signing bonus. That's $4.5 million against your cap annually, $60 million guaranteed. You can spread the guarantees. Like this year, Roquan Smith only counts for $9 million, but that cap number inflates to 13 dollars 22.5 in the following years. You're already paying your defensive line as much as you are. It's hard to swallow that expense. And we all know Jack Del Rio, if you put him at Mike, he's going to ask him to cover a lot more than he's going to ask him to blitz. That's Devin White's worst part of his ball, uh, his game. And honestly, in a 4-3 alignment, I put him in the will linebacker spot. I put him out weak linebacker, uh, weak, weak side linebacker. That's where Jamin Davis is playing. Typically, we've seen last year, the commanders are with three safeties, not three linebackers. So if you're moving Jamin Davis into Mike, it doesn't look like they're ready to do that. You've already got Cody Barton. So honestly, from a personality standpoint, it doesn't really look like it's a huge fit. I, I, I hate to tell you guys this. If you really want to see Devin White, you're probably going to see him with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they have the ability to give the Buccaneers a third-round pick. Worst-case scenario, it doesn't pan out. He goes and signs somewhere else. They get a third-round pick back in 2025 as a compensatory pick, essentially a wash. Best-case scenario for Philly, best-case scenario for Devin, they win the Super Bowl. Devin White gets another Super Bowl ring. So I think if he comes to the NFC East, it's probably through Philadelphia. So speaking of third safeties, Washington Commanders like to use three safeties. We saw it a lot during the last season on the defense. We're going to hit the mailbag starting with a question about the ability to trade back in the first round of the NFL draft and still get that potential third safety who would essentially become a starter for the Commanders defense. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and we're going to have that discussion thanks to our friends over at ultimate football gm because today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm you've heard me talk about this game before and if you ever thought you had all the answers you got to give this game a try when you play ultimate football gm you control 
everything, the team doctor, the scouting, the psychologist, and of course the coaches, the players, the draft picks, and the trades and the contracts. Uh, you start off with the worst roster in all of football, and you have the opportunity to retain, release, sign, trade, hire and fire coaches, do whatever you want with the team, build a new stadium, expand the scouting department. You can do it all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is a f- completely free to play, and you can play it anywhere. Signal, no signal, Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi, doesn't matter. And Locked On Commanders listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps inside the game store. Again, the promo code is Locked On in all caps inside the game store to get a free boost to your franchise. So check it out today by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store. It's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again, Commanders fans, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day for joining me here during this lunch live episode shout out of course to everybody who's watching after the live or listening on audio platforms everywhere appreciate all of you also appreciate our subtext users uh subtext is a new program we're using here in locked on commanders uh, as a subtext subscriber you have access to me and the show like never before exclusive news analysis mock drafts opinions uh everything We've got some cool working for the nfl draft i'm going to be texting my subtexters during the NFL draft from Ashburn, Virginia. Uh, look, tell me what you think of these draft picks. Tell me what you want to know about the draft picks, and maybe you influence the questions I asked to Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and the prospects themselves. Plus, we're going to be hanging out in the media workroom, so maybe I can drop some nuggets on what guys like John Keimer say and Matt Paris, uh, so on and so forth. should be a good time. It's a long weekend, and I'm going to have my phone, so you might want to see some of those text messages to sign up for that. Just text HTTC to 202-760-2644, and you'll get your first two weeks free. So if you do it here soon, you'll actually get the NFL draft part of it uh, completely free, and then uh, you can see what the fun is all about and see if you want to stick around and hang out. Just did my first giveaway via subtext. It went great. It was exciting. It was a lot of fun. Looking forward to just engaging with you guys uh, a lot more through, again, subtext. Text HTTC to 202-760-2644 to get in on that fun today. Speaking of fun, It's mailbag time, and our first mailbag item comes from Nate, who said, quote, do you see us maybe trading back like last year, adding some compensation and drafting a Brian Branch with our first-round pick? He's so versatile, and I would love to see a three-safety set with Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, and Brian Branch. Also, do you feel like Cody Mock will be there for our second-round pick? It would be a dream scenario if that were to happen. Nate, I appreciate you sending that into the mailbag. I am a fan of Brian Branch as a prospect. We've already talked about that multiple times on this show, but let's answer your question. Also a fan of Cody Mock uh, for what that's worth. So to answer this question, we kind of have to break down, right? First and foremost, is there a likelihood that the Washington Commanders even go this direction? So I think when you look at the top three position groups of need that the Washington Commanders could target the NFL draft, I think you got to go offensive line. Some might say tackle, some might say guard, 
you know, some might say center if you don't really believe in Nick Gates or Chase Roulier's ability to come back healthy. Either way, offensive line, right? Cornerback, again, that could be a slot. That could be a perimeter guy. Really depends on what the team wants to do with Benjamin St. Juice. I think if you're mock drafting or when I'm mock drafting, kind of have to go off of what I think the team should do, right? Uh, until we know what the team will do, which essentially will come draft weekend. I mean, look, if they draft a slot guy in the first round, like Brian Branch, you're probably looking at Benjamin St. Juice staying outside. They draft a perimeter guy like Emmanuel Forbes, Joey Porter Jr. I think it's pretty safe to say uh, that Benjamin St. Juice is probably moving back inside. And then finally, tight end. You know what I mean? Uh, again, I've talked about how great this class is. We've discussed it here on the show. Um, you got to get, I think, one of these tight ends. Love Logan Thomas. Happy that he's still on the team. But I do think that that time is eventually coming to an end sooner rather than later. And the rest of the tight end room has flashed, showed some potential. But I don't think you have a true number one established yet. So you got to keep looking and keep trying to add to that group. So not necessarily in that order, right? We all might have different orders. But when you look at pick 16 and you look at those needs and you look at the best players available, most likely, uh, according to mock draft tendencies, offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee figures to be the best offensive lineman available. Cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland uh, kind of figures to be that guy. Or safety Brian Branch, who is your slot safety, third safety on the field, slot defender. And then tight end Dalton Kincaid. Moving to 47, your offensive lineman is Matthew Bergeron. Your corner is Tyreek Stevenson. That's a perimeter guy. Your nickel slash safety is Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M. And your tight end is Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Moving on to number 97, the best offensive lineman that you're looking at at that position is a guy like offensive tackle Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma. Your best corner perimeter defender is a guy like Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford. Your best safety slash slot defender is Jartavius Martin out of Illinois. And then tight end, you're looking at Davis Allen out of Clemson. So when you look at those kind of who the best players might be available at these kind of pivotal positions, for the NFL draft for the commanders, I think then you kind of start drawing some lines here, right? And the target cutoff for offensive linemen, I think has to be number 47 because Matthew Berger on the tackle out of Syracuse, very solid offense tackle could see him with the learning curve. If he proves to be kind of, you know, football uh, IQ smarter than maybe we expect. And if the physicality works out there, he could be an impact player in year one, maybe becomes your swing tackle. And, you know, if injuries happen, knock on what they don't, but if injuries happen, maybe comes in as a solid spot starter. But Wanya Morris, there's a bit of a drop off there. So I think 47, you draw the line for offensive line. I think honestly, 97, you still go corner with Caillou Blue Kelly. Slot, you could go corner, you go slot at with Jartavius Martin out of Illinois. Tight end, I think you want to cut off at number 47. We kind of did uh, an episode earlier here in the offseason. We kind of identified pick like 40 to 65 is really the sweet spot uh, to get a tight end if you want to get one not in the first round. So we got kind of identified who the best players are going to be at the positions of need. Now let's pick up the likelihood of that actually happening. So we got three picks, four position groups of quote unquote need, um, one with two cutoffs in the upper two picks, one or, and two with cutoffs all the way at the bottom. So you can pretty much take one any point during the first three rounds and you're good to go. Um, the talent and, and depth at corner and slot is kind of what complicates this thing because you could take a Brian Branch in the first round, but you could also take a Jartavius Mert or Martin in the third round. And I mean, I'm not saying they're the same, but you're very solid uh, with either of those guys. You feel fairly, fairly good with either of those guys. But what would a trade back look like? So trade back, you want to get into that gap, right? 47 and 97. That's a big gap of picks. You want to try to get into that gap. So if you're looking for a trade back to be able to get a pick within the 47 to 97 range back, you're really targeting your floor to target is the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want to move back to at least 
number 24. 16 24 is significant, especially in the first round. But if you want to get that second round pick that falls in there between 47 and 97, that's really where you kind of kind of go or early third round pick. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this trade would look like pick number 24, pick number 56 belonging to Jacksonville right now would come to Washington. Washington would send pick number 16 and then a fifth rounder pick 150 just to make the tra- trade value math uh, work. If there's an edge rusher uh, like Miles Murphy out of Clemson still sitting there for Jacksonville target, I think that's kind of your best bet to make that trade work. So the math works. Now let's look at the class. So now at 24, right, we move from 16 to 24, your best offensive lineman, no longer Darnell Wright. Now it's Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Your best corner is no longer Deontay Banks. Now you're looking at Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Branch is still there. Dalton Kincaid is still there at 56. You still have Bergeron, the tackle out of Syracuse. You still have Stevenson, the cornerback out of Miami. You also, by the way, you have Julius Brent at corner out of Kansas State. I know a lot of Commanders fans are fans of him. And you have Johnson still there at Texas A&M. Tucker Craft is the top tight end uh, out of South Dakota State. So what does that mock draft now look like? We've looked at the options. We've looked at our priorities. We've made the trade. We have four picks, four position group needs, and we kind of know the ranges we want to draft those players. What does that mock class look like? We're going to show you that right here next on Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, Nick wanted to know, can the Washington Commanders trade back, still get a guy like Brian Branch, still get a guy like Cody Mock to make this roster even better than it's already looking right now? We made the trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We pick up their first-round pick. We move back eight spots. We pick up uh, pick number 56. Now let's see if we can make this magic happen. And number 24, I've already told you, Brian Branch is still available. So, yes, we can get safety Brian Branch at 24. And uh, that's a possibility that Washington can make happen. Maybe you can trade back. Look, Brian Branch is a guy who's kind of all over the place, right? I think earlier in the offseason, people were talking about him top 12 pick, maybe top 15 pick before Washington. Then it kind of grew to, okay, maybe he will be there at 16. Now we're talking about, I've seen some mock drafts where Brian Branch isn't even a first round pick. So if you're the Washington Commanders and you like him, you move back to 24, you net yourself another uh, top 100 pick uh, in pick number 56, and you get Brian Branch. You feel a lot better than that, even if some people would say that you were uh, reaching a little bit. We come back at number 47, and yes, Cody Mock is available. Look, I still think we could get him at number 56, where we just got the pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it would be a little bit iffy. Like, maybe he goes 54, 53, maybe he's there at 56. I'm trying to make Nick happy here. I'm trying to answer the question, so we're going to go Cody Mock here. So we get Brian Branch, we get Cody Mock. So yes, we can make this trade, and we could potentially get both of these guys for the Washington Commanders, we get a slot corner, uh, nickel slash safety hybrid type of guy, and we get offensive line help. Cody Mock played tackle and guard, even got some center reps uh, at the Senior Bowl. I'm a big fan of Cody Mock. So come back at number 56. Now we want to look tight end. Now we want to look maybe perimeter corner, maybe some more offensive line help. I mean, you can never have too many offensive linemen. 
Sam Laporta is actually still on the board here at number 56 when I run this simulation. But I actually like Tucker Craft's upside more, uh, the tight end out of South Dakota State. And when I look at this, Logan Thomas is still here. John Bates is a solid number two. Cole Turner showed a lot of potential, uh, had some injury issues. And if he comes back this year healthy and can build on that potential, build on that really solid training camp that he had, I think maybe he can kind of come in and compete for some of those tight end number two splits. So you bring in a guy like Tucker Craft, you can actually afford to give him a year to really kind of grow into the NFL game coming out of South Dakota State. And his upside tells you that in a year, like 2024, maybe 2025, he could, with the proper coaching, proper learning curve, and physical ability, jump up to be your tight end number one. So it's a risk. I'm going to acknowledge that. It's a risk over Sam Laporta, but I do think that the Sam or the Tucker Craft ceiling is higher. I'm going to go Tucker Craft here at number 56. And then at 97, guys, we come back. We have got our, our DBs situated, right? We've got our top six defensive backs, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, Derek Forrest, uh, Cameron Curl. Wow, fire me now. Um, and we got Brian Branch out of Alabama. And then we've got like Danny Johnson, Jeremy Reeves, Percy Butler, all kind of like like that's your sixth man in the defensive backs room. You can still add to that group if you really want to, or we can continue to help the offensive line. But really, you look at and this is kind of ultimate flexibility here now at number 97. We could go edge with a guy like Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. We could go linebacker with Dorian Williams out of Tulane. Jartavis Martin is still available as a corner. Wanya Morris is there. Andrew Voorhees, the guard who would be much higher. Uh, in, in the draft scenario, if he didn't have that injury that he suffered at the combine. So really, literally, legitimately, you can go best player available here if you're Washington Commanders. It works out beautiful. Me, personally, I go McGuire. We've had we've talked about this on the show, guys. I, I don't think that Montez Wet and Chase Young are both here next year. I think one of them is here next year. So you kind of want to start getting a guy ready to maybe become that full-time number one. I like the guys who filled in for Chase Young last year. So I think you're solid there. But you bring in a guy like Isaiah McGuire. And you either push the cream even higher to the top or he becomes your starter uh, opposite, again, either Chase Young or Montez Sweat. Next year, really can't go wrong, I think, there. So getting that number 56 pick, really, that is the key. That kind of unlocks everything. So, uh, look, call Jacksonville, see if you can get that pick. So thanks for the question. We have a mailbag uh, question that we're coming in that we're going to talk about here from Sean. And uh, here's what his mock draft looks like. Uh, after that question from Nate, I think it said Nick a couple times. I apologize, Nate. It's the question was from Nate. Appreciate the question. Uh, this mock draft came from Sean, and at number twenty nine. So obviously, there's a trade involved here. Number twenty nine, the Washington Commanders take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Now, look in my simulation, Darnell Wright wasn't there at twenty six. I think is where we went back to uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars twenty four. Rather, he wasn't there at twenty four, but in this simulation, he was there at twenty nine. Hey, more power to you if he's there. You grab him, and you uh, don't apologize for it later. Darnell right out of Tennessee at number 29. Number 40, we get another Darnell with tight end Darnell Washington out of Georgia, arguably my second favorite tight end in this year's class. I will say not as much of a receiver that I think that uh, Eric Bianami would want, but, I mean, if you get that receiving ability out of him in the NFL, you've got one heck of a player for a very, very long time. Number 47, uh, Sean gets us linebacker Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Can't argue with that. I know a lot of people will be very, very happy with that. 103, we get that guard, Andrew Voorhees. Again, if he didn't get that injury or suffer that injury at the NFL scouting combine, he's probably not even here at 103. But because of that injury, he's going to fall a little bit. The Washington Commanders take advantage. And if they can get him healthy, stay healthy, and tap into that potential, you've got a starting offensive lineman for a long time, too. Running back Tajay Spears out of Tulane. 
one of my favorite running backs in this class, if not the favorite. And look, I think he compliments Brian Robinson Jr. Antonio Gibson really, really well. Helps replace J.D. McKissick, who unfortunately uh, just continues to struggle staying healthy and unfortunately is not with the team any longer. Riley Moss, a solid outside defender for this defense. Jamie Robinson, a good versatile safety. Jake Moody, the kicker that we need to come in and compete with Joey Sly to push him. And then you get a wide receiver there at the tail end. Never can have too many uh, pass receiving options. So uh, solid mock draft there from Sean. Appreciate that submission. Appreciate the question. Appreciate the conversation. Devin White, look, if you want Devin White and if you think I'm missing something, guys, I, I don't sit here and claim to be perfect. And agreeing with me is not a requirement to be a steady listener of the Locked On Commanders podcast. As many of you exercise your right to disagree with me in the Mac Jones trade episode i appreciate all the feedback uh appreciate you guys hanging out with me shout out to nate and sean for uh sending those things into the inbox we've got more mocks more questions coming up on our next live mailbag episode so if you've got a mock draft if you got a question or a topic you want to discuss send them in to me and we will continue to do these mailbags you guys have made these a lot a lot of fun so shout out to you as well for joining me and making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day this afternoon. Now make your second listen or view the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes. Uh, guys, I am a subscriber. I am a regular listener of Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. So you guys should be uh, as well. They take you what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I will be back with another episode tomorrow, 9 a.m. dropping on YouTube. It will drop tonight on audio Wednesday night on audio. So if you want to get it that early, check it out on audio. If you're patient and you want to wait till 9 a.m. on YouTube, by all means, please do that as well. Working on a guest, we're trying to deconflict some schedules. So I'll see if we can make it work. If not, at a minimum, I will be here to react to all your Devin White comments, some of your Mac Jones comments, potentially mock drafts, any news that pops off Wednesday afternoon and into the evening. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer of Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders. Uh, and hanging out with you five days a week. I appreciate you. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.